All right. Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Good to be here. Yes, it is. That's what to all of you all, all of our loyal listeners, it seems like we've just been here all through the holidays. <laughs> However, we gave ourselves a break mm -hmm. and we have not recorded a podcast uh, in about a month. Yeah, it's been, it's been, well, you know, we had the holidays and um, I had some work commitments with yeah. OBS. And so just kind of we're you've had work commitments and family and holidays and things. And here we are. Here we are. So I, I didn't even introduce us. Welcome <laughs> to the Coaches Cup. <laughs> I'm Sonia Green from Sonia Green Coaching. And I'm Judith Bender. I'm a coach with the NoBS Weight Loss Program. Yeah, so we we are out of our rhythm this morning a little bit, um, but it's good to be back. I have I have missed it. I've enjoyed the break, and I think every once in a while it's good to have a break to kind of I don't know freshen yeah. up your mind, get back in and um, get excited about it. And yeah, that's how I feel too. I, I was a little stressed. You know, you already know this, but our listeners don't know. <laughs> I did read this. I read this book back in October. I probably listened to it two or three times and I listened to it this morning on two times speed um, and looked through it. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is really a good book. Yeah. Really well, book. our listeners don't even know what, what book we're talking about. So let's, let's, let's preface that with saying that we decided, mm -hmm. yeah, we decided that um, when we first read this book it was probably was it october it was wow. october yeah wow okay mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. as we were reading the big leap by gay hendrix if you are uh watching us on youtube then you've seen both of us flashing our book here um we decided we wanted to, to devote a couple of episodes to mm -hmm. this book because um I think the concepts are just perfectly aligned with our message mm -hmm. and so useful to you in your life if if you're trying to make some kind of big leap, some kind of change. Yeah. And, and isn't that what we're all about? We're always trying to um, improve our lives, improve our relationships. Um, we decided to take on the big leap. And uh, we wanted to talk about it today to talk about the question, are you getting in your own way? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I don't know that there's, I guess society has decided that the first of the year we have this new year, new you concept. Um, and so this becomes a popular time to really start working on yourself. Um and so we're all about making, you know, resolutions and, and things like that. And I think many times we've talked before about the fact that what, like 6% of the people carry through with those resolutions. It's it just a really, low. yeah, really low number. Um, many times, I think what stops people is the discomfort of change, number one, but we start getting in our own way. We start letting our brain get in the way of our goals. Mm -hmm. and I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like, you know, as we're having a discussion about this book, there were so many parts for me personally that I'm experiencing um, my own growth as a coach 
and where I'm at on this journey, the things that have felt so true to me, <laughs> so true that are in fact, upper limit problems that, um, you know, and just calling them that it's just been interesting just knowing that I'm getting in my own way while I had that awareness to like read this in a, uh, what I want to call it a systematic or a structured way mm-hmm. has, has been really enlightening. I have not done the journal prompts. I'm going to say that, but, um, I do hope to get back to them and, um, do them anyway. Yeah. So, so his big concept, um, is the upper limit problem mm-hmm. how define that like what does that mean to you what is this upper limit problem to you wow so without referencing the book back what he calls it um what i recognize it to be for me is the the story you tell yourself when you've experienced the discomfort of um growth and yeah. wanting to get back into that comfort zone and not allowing yourself to fully um, be present because the feelings moving forward are unfamiliar, uncomfortable, yeah. um, that you do things to sabotage yourself yeah. to get back to where you were and staying what he calls it the, the zone of genius. We have, is it three zones, the zone of competence, the zone of excellence zone of genius yeah I think there there may be one more but but those are the main ones that he talks Mm -hmm. about yeah because who doesn't want to live in the zone of genius I mean when he just giving him labels like that I'm like oh yeah yeah that's me (laughs) I'm a genius (laughs) and you know I I think um when I think about this upper limit problem the first time I read it 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 simultaneously blew me away and and I was all in I was like oh yeah of course that that's true but it's crazy it blew me away because it's crazy to think about the fact that we have a limit to how happy we can feel oh God. yeah I left out that word limit yeah we I mean we talk all the time so much of our coaching is around people who do things to avoid feeling bad mm-hmm. I mean we could talk we do talk. We talk every week about that. We do. <laughs> but the fact that they also have a limit to how good, and I don't say they, we, we have a limit oh, yeah. to how good we can feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Even hearing you say that back, like that is what it is. Because, and well, and he does talk about that, that somehow we think we don't deserve to yes. feel good. And that, that, that resonated with me as well. I was like, what? Yes. Of course I deserve. Yeah. I had yeah. You with this. <laughs> right. Right. On, on the surface, it's easy to say, I, I deserve all the good things, but in our brains. Yeah. You know, and we he have, it, he calls it the ego, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. He calls it the ego that we have a strong ego and, and just so that we're clear, you know, again, we're just having a conversation about this book that he means the habit brain. Yes. The subconscious when he refers to the ego. Okay. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I, that's, that's what I get out of it too. Yeah. So we have this subconscious part of our brain, this Mm -hmm. habit part of our brain that, you know, I'm only allowed to feel so good and so bad, which Mm -hmm. means we live in a zone yes a tiny little zone 
he, I liked it so much that now I'm kind of springing around the book here, but he called that uh, living in a box, yes. right? That it's like a box that you can check off when you're living yep. in either the competence or the excellence zone that you're living in a box mm-hmm. that when you're living in the zone of, um, genius, 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 that it's like yeah. a spiral that you're, yeah. you're continually growing and that you're, you yes. know, that it's, it's fluctuating and up always upward. I was like, that's where I want to live. I don't want to live in a box <laughs> where we all want to live. Right. Yes. Yes. But it's not that easy. We do things to automatically, you know, um, what is it that like cars have a governor on how mm-hmm. fast they mm-hmm. can go? Some of them do. Um, we have governors <laughs> mm-hmm. governing mm-hmm. our feelings, both upper mm-hmm. and lower limits there. Is this where he talks about the thermostat? Is this what you're kind of referring? He calls it the thermostat for basically the thermostat for, for happiness that we learn yeah. kind of yes. in our childhood that these yes. are, uh, and that when the temperature changes and we feel this growth, this discomfort, mm-hmm. these unfamiliar feelings that yeah. our actions are going to want to turn the temperature back to where we're comfortable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I had, um, I was kind of referencing this to you earlier. I had a client who um, in her marriage, she felt like uh, she had married her soulmate. You know, this, uh, this was her second marriage and she was just so happy in her marriage. And Every once in a while, it would sneak into her mind. Is he cheating on me? Is he being Mm -hmm. faithful to me? And she didn't have, there was nothing she could point to. No evidence she could point to. Just this nagging little feeling. And we were coaching on that about the time I was reading this book. And I was like, this is her upper limit problem. Mm-hmm. And so we started looking at her childhood because that's what uh, Hendrix goes back. And we'll talk about these barriers in just a minute. But he talks about four barriers that kind of rule how we set that temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, and she felt like um, because of some of the things that she learned in her family growing up, that she didn't have the right to be happy to be this happy. And so whenever things were just, whenever she started reveling in this happiness in this joy that she had found in the, in her relationship, um, she started bringing herself back down. I can't be completely happy. What if he's cheating, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so we started practicing, you know, I started working with her on, on this upper limit problem and, you know, she is learning to, she says it doesn't happen as often now mm-hmm. um, because she's starting to, whenever she has that feeling, she stops herself immediately. You know, number one, less than number one, she doesn't let her brain go down that rabbit hole. Right. Right. Because that's what it wants to do. It wants to run as fast as it can and think about all the possibilities and all the, you know, catastrophizing. Um, and she stops herself and kind of, you know, lets herself enjoy this moment and works through that. And so it doesn't happen as often. Um, even after just, you know, a few months, she's already having less of this problem. Even but, as you say that, my brain in the, in, in the moment right now, my brain was like, 
is so true. Like our, what happens in the mm-hmm. stories in our brain are incredible, yes. incredible. Like I, I myself, so convincing, but in the moment, yeah. no, nothing's wrong. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. Just some story. Woo. And that's right. what she said. She's like, I feel crazy. She said, I can't, I can't go ask him about this because he's going to think I'm nuts. And she said, and I think I'm nuts. <laughs> I, <laughs> my favorite expression here lately is, you know, no, you've just got a perfectly normal human brain. We exactly. all, we all, there's very little, Sonia and I were talking about this before we got on. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of um, surprises in the brain. There's a yeah. lot of predictable patterns that we all have in our human life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's almost, I don't want to say boring because it's yeah. never, it's never boring, but everybody, we are as different as we like to think we are. You These know. stories kind of serve a purpose. They kind of get to give us a little um, stimulation, a yeah. little, you know, Hey, this is interesting. What if, yeah. what, if what if my husband's cheating on me? What if I'm at all? <laughs> you know why 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 do you do that to yourself because again you have you know to bring that self down Mm -hmm. and live within okay this is where so so I'm just going to go ahead and bring in these hidden barriers because at this point I feel like we we need to discuss what they are to to okay let's talk about since we hope our readers are read readers our listeners are (laughs) reading this book page um so you start on page 48 sure um, oh wait no we need to go back because the first one the mm-hmm. first so he talks about four hidden barriers mm-hmm. to to letting go and feeling mm-hmm. your success okay. to enjoying your success and the first one I know that this is probably there's he says that that he's never met anybody who has all four of these problems but mm-hmm. that it's very common for you to have more than one of them mm-hmm. so I will tell you that probably in my experience the one that most people have is number one which is feeling fundamentally mm-hmm. flawed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the first barrier that we set up to our success. I, um, when I read this, I have a client that I immediately thought of and who has this, who has this belief, this, this thinking that, that from childhood, from the mothering that she had, that she Mm -hmm. is all problems come back to this and it holds her back professionally and, um, Again, I say this, like, I don't know, like, it just feels like such a holding pattern for her Mm. to just keep her, like, she finds all the evidence of how flawed she is. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and probably many of our listeners know that I coach women with imposter syndrome. And this is, you know, this is the thing. I'm going to stay small because Mm -hmm. I don't deserve... I don't deserve a bigger life. I am not worthy of a bigger life because I have this fundamental flaw and it, it varies, you know, what they feel that flaw is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't vary a whole lot. <laughs> and that's so interesting. I have several clients who have this thing about feeling small. So yeah. even when you say that, I'm like, talk more, Sonia, about that. 
Yeah, because you <laughs> feel like you don't deserve to be the big voice. You feel like you don't deserve to be there's some something because you're fundamentally not worthy mm-hmm. that you don't deserve to break out of whatever role you're in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I've seen people who um, who let that they keep that from doing well on exams mm. um, or from not even you know, maybe they want to get a degree, but they don't even look into programs because what if I fail? Mm-hmm. Oh, been, what there. If, been yeah. there, done that. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, feeling fundamentally flawed is probably the one that I see most often. I, he calls it here. He calls it the uh, upper limit bug. This bug uses. Yeah. Uh, in two senses he uses it in two senses here it's like a computer bug because it's false it's a false line in your code yeah causes a breakdown in your operating efficiency and it's like a mosquito sense too because it bites you when you are going to a higher level of love and abundance and creativity you start slapping at the bug and you bring yourself back down to your previous level yes there you go yeah it takes your it takes your focus away Yes. Yes. So many of us, so many, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. we call it different things in coaching, but there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Whatever it is. Does this have worry in it? Where does that come in? He does talk about worry. Yes. Um, And how worry is, it feels necessary, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but Okay, sorry. All right. All right. Second one is that this one's the one I think that's on page 48, if I remember correctly. It is. Um, This feeling disloyal or Mm -hmm. abandoned. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about that one? Um, Well, did I have something to say about this one? When we are stuck behind the barrier, barrier of disloyalty and abandonment. Our unconscious mantra goes like this, he says, that we cannot expand to our full success because it would cause me to end up all alone, be disloyal to my roots and leave behind my people from the past. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about earlier, you said, you know, this is the one leaving the cave. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure. I was like, why does Sonia want me to say this? (laughs) Yeah, I did did say that. Just throwing you this one. Yes, because, um, yeah, when we, a, a lot in coaching and how, when we think about the, uh, the habit brain and why we do, why we have these um, necessary pauses or what, what holds us back is we just have to have this realization that it served a purpose somewhere in our life, albeit yeah. thousands of years ago to keep us safe. This is the, um, the one, you know, I'm going to stay in the cave and be with my people. Yeah. I'm going to stay and be like my people. I'm not going to leave my people because there's fear in leaving my people. Will I survive without them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I see this, I see this often with students who are first generation college students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nobody in their family, yeah, nobody in their family has a college degree. Mm-hmm. And so there's this there's this break, there's this, this point up, you hit your upper limit problem because somewhere between they're proud of me and I'm bettering myself. It's just a thin little line to, oh, they, I think I'm better than they are. Yes. Yes. Oof. 
And so you've got to bring yourself back down so you don't seem uppity, so you don't seem better than everybody else. And it's that struggle with how far you let yourself go away from what? I don't think anyone in my family listens to the podcast. Let me talk about me. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, I, this is, this is a really common one. It is. I, I myself, I'm first generation college. Um, could even be, you know, neither of my parents got a high school education. Not that they weren't smart people. It was the time and they were, um, entrepreneurs at a young age. I want to be sure and say that like, yeah. Uh, very successful, I, very successful, very proud of my family. However, with that said, when it came time um, to the end of my high school education, there was not a lot of support to get a college education. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I, I needed that. I had a very, I, a lot of awareness that I needed to part from my family. I was already a psychology on the psychology route. I loved it in um, high school and I wanted to pursue it in college, which I did. Mm -hmm. Um, but I needed that time to grow up away from family. And while I did have support, right, there was financial support, the emotional support, like this yeah, was yeah. like, I was very aware of how, when I came home, how I handled myself and there was the dialogue. Um, I can't tell you, there wasn't a time or two where it said, well, you got that college education, you can figure this out. Like, you know, it was kind of a backhanded, uh, was used against me. Yeah. I was very aware. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I think that that's, that's a pretty common thing. People keep you back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes, I mean, you know, we are life coaches, so we know that this all comes out of our own brains <laughs> and how we think about those issues. Um, but I was, you know, even if your family's not pulling you, sometimes you feel that pull. Yes. Um, I remember, you know, what it was like to come home from college and to feel different and to not quite, you know, I'm still like, I have to spend the holidays at home, but I don't feel like these people anymore. I feel somehow different from these people and, you know, being in that space, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Even and as I said that, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. you know, I'll tell you, my daughter and I have had some conversations about it this Christmas because she's been home because of the pandemic. She's mm -hmm. been home pretty much since um, Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. doing things online. And, you know, even though I am much more aware probably than the average mom, what it's like for a college student to, to be in that situation, she has her own apartment. And so, you know, she doesn't want to come home and answer to curfews and crazy things like that. She's a grown woman now, but at the same time, wanting the support and the comfort that you were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a difficult place to be. And we've talked about that several times over the break of how this is your moment to really leave the nest. Mm -hmm. but that's uncomfortable and it's doubly uncomfortable if you feel like you are somehow abandoning your family while yeah. you're doing that. Yeah. I hadn't thought about this in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the True. third one I'll move on along is that more success 
brings bigger burdens. Mm. And we've mentioned this before, but I have to bring this up because I think it's just the perfect example of um, Brooke was coaching, was live coaching uh, a well-known coach. And she was asking the coach why she wasn't making more money, why she wasn't making a million dollars. And the coach said just right there that, I mean, her gut response was, well, it would be a lot of responsibility to make a million dollars. And then she, (gasps) (laughs) yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah. I thought that was the funniest moment because it's just so uh, we are always running a script in our brains Mm -hmm. but we don't always tell Mm -hmm. our our um prefrontal cortex what's going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that was the moment where she realized this is the this is the script I have running this is my upper limit problem Mm -hmm. do you coach people that that deal with with this one You know, it's not resonating with me, even as I'm looking, I'm trying to think even for myself. Um, mm, I did, I did like his story where he talked about his personal story of uh, that his birth was both a burden and a celebration. I thought that was a powerful, it was a powerful explanation into this um, where, I don't know, Sonia, maybe you remember more how he explained that, that, um, which it just beautifully tied into that, um, with his success was a burden, like that his family view anything he did as his successes were their burdens. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that I probably, this is probably the one that I see the least, Mm. but I think the the funny thing, I mean, the thing about it to me is that it's there sometimes. And we do think about, um, about maybe we don't even realize it, but unconsciously we're thinking about, you know, if, if I take on, if I get uh, a promotion, I'm going to have all this responsibility that I don't have now. I'm going to have to spend time away from this or that. I'm not going to get to do this or that. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I see it playing out. Sometimes we tell ourselves the story that it's going to be a burden to, to grow. With this, I'm trying to think of like in a weight loss client where this would fall into play. And oh, I immediately yeah. thought of like, is this where they think that, that they can't go out with their friends because they can't eat food, the same food. Would this be something like that? Well, it, it could be, I think about it in weight loss, um, because you see people who think, well, you know, if I'm thin, then I'm going to have to, uh, find an, uh, what if I find a new relationship? You know, you see people who've been hurt and that, so they hide in their weight. Mm-hmm. Um, they hide from the relationships they hide from, from jobs, from promotions, Um, they find safety in being overweight because the expectations, the societal expectations are lowered. They think Mm -hmm. (laughs) again, folks don't hear me saying that, that that's true, but that's what our, that's the story. Our brain tells us is if, if I'm overweight, then nobody's going to expect me to go for that promotion. Mm -hmm. If, if I'm overweight, nobody's going to ask me out. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't have to deal with that. So that's where I see um, the more success brings a bigger burden playing out. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The last one is, um, is the barrier of outshining people around you. Now, full disclosure, I am an only child. So (laughs) this is not something I ever experienced. But people with who come from a, a family of siblings, Often, if you're the older one, or, or I don't know, I don't know that birth order really matters here. But if if you outshine the others, and growing up, your parents were like, "Well, you need to, you know, let let Susie talk, or let Tommy talk, or you know, whatever it is." If if you are taught that you don't need to outshine the others, mm. um, maybe maybe it was a teacher who did that. Hmm. But people who feel the barrier of not not outshining everybody else around you, I'm not I'm not important enough, so I don't need to speak up right now. You know, I don't know. I'm going out on a limb here. I'm just curious your thoughts about this. Like, so I grew up in a small country town, and our family like had money, mm-hmm. and I was always taught in 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 our family like you know my if my mom got a new car dad did not want her driving it to work like you were not to be outshining anyone and that yeah that mentality was also I always felt like I couldn't I don't want to say be myself but always downplaying mm-hmm. if if we were going to travel or if a car or clothes like things like mm-hmm. I always was trying to not outshine my peers yeah like is that that's hilarious because I've all I I I told you I didn't have this this issue at all but now that you're starting to talk about that I will say that that's probably I I do have that experience not with money but with my degree Mm -hmm. you know I don't go around saying I'm Dr. Sonia Green yeah Uh, I make my kids (laughs) call me that but other than that (laughs) (laughs) don't you forget it (laughs) yeah I mean I I downplay that. In fact, I had a big conversation with myself when I was um, thinking about my coaching business. Do I want to mention having a PhD? Do I want to to bring that into the into the conversation and let clients know that I do, or do I not? So I think that's that's that sense of letting them know who I am completely because I don't want to set myself apart too much. Yes. That's, that's, that would probably be a stronger, that resonates with like, I just, I wanted to fit in with my people. And then, and I didn't like that feeling of them separating me out for any reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you don't, yeah, for any reason. That's right. It could be. And again, it's keeping you in that box. Yeah, I'm I'm already overweight. For those of you who, who aren't <laughs> watching, I'm voguing right now. Right. Keeping you in that box. Uh, yeah. You know, I can't, I can't be too far above, too far below. I need to just fit in and be accepted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me just learning all about you. Thank you. It, it's really no, it, it's such a fascinating book. I, mm-hmm. I, it's and it's very short, folks. So if you want oh, yeah. to read this, you know, we we'll talk to, to Dr. Hendricks about sending us royalties. 
it's four hours on the audio. Yeah, it's only 200 pages. So it's yeah. a really, it's a quick read, but so full of good information. And, and uh, we're going to wind this down for this week, but next week we'll be back talking about uh, being in integrity with yourself and how that connects to this too. But for this week, um, any, any homework you want to give them any, any things you want to leave them with to be thinking about with the hidden barriers and, and just figuring out their upper limit problems. Yeah. Just be asking yourself, you know, where in your life are you trying to get to and what are, what is getting in your way? Let's just yeah. look at that. Like you're telling yourself a story somewhere and you found you have, you're finding yourself you're holding yourself back. How are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Which of these hidden barriers are you using? You know, we've given you four. Mm -hmm. um, you probably are using at least one, but most likely I'd say at least two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's certainly easy to see um, where all of these can play into people's lives. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. All that. right. Well, um, I, we, we strongly recommend it and we are glad to be back and in the, in the groove of podcasting again after our little break. So we'll see you all next week and we'll talk about being in integrity with yourself. Until then, I'm Sonia Green. And I'm Judith Bender. See you next week.